Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This production is meant to provide you, the listener, meaningful support to find great careers faster. Whether you're working or not. Today on Job Seekers Radio, we cover some really sensitive and important topics, including this idea of career choices, job satisfaction, and the decisions that we make based on our circumstances. I love the idea of how do I get up and out of the circumstances, and I generally start this conversation thinking about the book The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. The idea that what's happening today is only today's circumstances. It is not the definition of life or me or whatever. And so as I approach what's happening today, if I think about the only moment that truly matters is now and the decisions that I make now, because that's the only thing I can truly deal with. He, he talks about the fact that you can't do anything about the past because it's past. You can't really do anything about the future all you can do is what you can do right now, today, the power of now. And as a result, as you think about the circumstances that are happening, they don't define you. It's just what's happening. I can take a dispassionate view of these circumstances and start to look at the decisions that I am making right now, extrapolate where they may lead and decide, is that what I want? That's a much healthier view than, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for my prince to come, so to speak, mm. right? It reminds me of a quote in Kung Fu Panda by Master Uguay, who said, yesterday is history, tomorrow's a mystery, today it's a gift. Yeah. So think of it that way. What we're talking about here really is how to approach this idea of how do we change the career we're in? How do we make a good choice, a good decision for us at this time? Right. And how do we generate satisfaction in the job? We had a conversation with someone recently who really didn't know what he wanted to do when he grew up, and he's grown up. I, I, I totally empathize with that point of view. I've had several careers in my life. There are a whole bunch of decisions that I've made, and they've sent me down different paths. All of them in the long view of you know, looking back over my life, I realize how one has led to the other. And that that's helpful, even though they've been very different. It's only in that moment of right now. And here he was trying to get an answer for us. Well, what should I do? And we kept coming back to what do you want to do? It's a decision we have to make individually. Nobody else can make it for us. So the sooner we can get into that moment of, wow, what do I want to do? That the sooner we're actually going to make the progress we want to see. You as a listener may be in a situation where, hey, I'm just using my skills to pay the bills. What you're in now maybe isn't what you want, but that's by choice. Everything is a choice. We talk about that. I would su suggest if you're new to our podcast that you subscribe and maybe go back and listen to some of the prior episodes so you can get a feel for what we're talking about. Everybody has a choice. And if you're staying in a place that isn't meeting your needs professionally, fulfilling, whatever, that's a choice. Before we started recording, you and I were talking about this, and I was reminded of a book I read about relationships many years ago called Too Good to Leave, Too Bad to Stay. And I've thought about how that might apply itself to the job search, to, to the career in general, because there are a lot of times when I've got a job, I've used my skills, I don't really like the job. It's 
meeting my needs right now. I don't want to leave it. And there's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I've talked to many people over my career who have been in a job they had no intention of getting into and didn't leave that job until they retired. It wasn't what they wanted to do, but they made a life. What matters as I talk to people for whom that has been their job trajectory, those who actually see the virtue of the job that they're in are the ones who are happier about their careers. And I think about my friend Fred who worked for Albertsons while he was, was like looking, in a grocery store? Yeah, in a grocery store. Doing what? Um like bagging, bagging groceries. Bagging, stocking. Bagging. Okay. Bagging groceries for people. And what struck me, I, he, he did it for a couple of years, I think. But what struck me was as he was talking about it, he would tell me that one of the things that he enjoyed is the people that he got to talk to. He likes to talk to people. He doesn't over-talk. He doesn't overshare. Yeah. He's not the, the... Crazy crazy idea for a sales guy, right? Yeah, yeah. right, exactly. <laughs> and, and he's a very skilled salesman, but he, he just likes to connect with people. And, and it doesn't have to be a deep conversation. So you think about it, how many hundred people does he see in a day? It, it was not a career he wanted yeah. to make, bagging groceries. You know, he saw the virtue in it. And then when he got the job that he was looking for. Okay, it's working in an industry that sees its share of colorful people, shall we say. He sees the virtue in it, and he's happy doing the work that he's doing. These are the kinds of people that you want to hang out with, right? Yeah. That you want to network with. If you're not seeing the virtue in the job that you have, that's probably the first place I'd have you look. Seek it out. Yeah. Look at the job. Take an inventory of what is good about the role you're in now. What do you want to replicate in the next one? If you look for something, you're going to find it. If you look for what you're not getting, you're going to find it. Yeah, we're going to be talking about that in just a minute. A couple of things immediately come to mind. As I think about keeping your focus on the things that you do enjoy. I also remember some of our listeners are going to be out of work right now. The, the conversation shifts a little bit. During my long-term unemployment several years ago, I really had a tough time looking at the virtue of not being employed. That was tough because it, I felt unemployable. Well, with that said, there were things that I could do that were rewarding. And interestingly enough, moderating a job finders group, the Breakfast Club, was what I found. And I started doing that. And every other week I was there and I was leading conversation. I was facilitating breakthroughs for other people. I wasn't having it my own, you know, yet. I was finding value in what I was doing, even if I wasn't making money doing it. That set me up. So that when I did land the job, that I was in a better place. Mentally speaking. Yes. Right? Mental headspace was yes. in a better, oh, healthier. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, when you're unemployed for three years, after three years of solid activities, looking for work, that is tough on the yeah. uh, the mind. Well, that's a dry streak, right? Yeah. That's like a, a, a hitter's slump, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness, was it How bad? many strikeouts that you, you have to get before you yeah. right. but there were some people who were helping me by holding up the mirror making sure that i understood that some of this was based on the decisions i was making at the time and what kind of message was i sending out there what kind of attitude was i bringing to the table and i had to have people holding up that mirror and being mm. honest with me about saying maybe you could approach this differently that brings up an idea around that, Scott, called external validation. A lot of us are seeking 
an answer outside of ourselves, that we want somebody else to tell us what to do, or we want somebody else to say, this is the direction you should go. And I think that's a challenging compromise. I was in a relationship many years ago where I was being asked, should I take this job? She was unemployed at the time. She needed to work because together we didn't make enough. Yeah, that was a tough moment because I told her if she felt good about it, she should take it. So she heard from me, she should take it. She took it and was miserable. And then it was my fault because it was never an internal choice. It was always relying on what other people were telling her to do. And that's how I learned my lesson. You don't give that advice. You turn it back. What do you want to do? And that's a hard question for a lot of people to answer. It is. Uh, I'm sure that one actually resulted in a lot of therapy and counseling for you. but <laughs> Well, there was some later, yeah, but uh, there were a whole but bunch the, of other things yeah. that came from that well, too, I mean, but we won't go there. Right. And I, I mean, I'm the type of person though, I think I also have enough self-awareness to know when I have fear and yeah. where that comes from, but not everybody is that way. And so the thing I would encourage you to do is break out of that mindset that your identity or your, your circumstance is your identity, and it's not. You don't have to be a victim. You don't have to play the sympathy card all the time. If you're afraid, just say, I'm afraid. You know, what that allow you to do is heal a little bit. To your point, if I'm looking for sympathy and I say, I just want sympathy, I, I can get that. My friends and family know me well enough. If I were to say, I just want some sympathy right now, they'd give it to me. That doesn't mean that that gives me an out later, but okay, you know, Scott, I feel for you. I, I've been there and I, I yeah, this is, that you're, you're good, right? That, that always feels good. Being told you're going, mm-hmm. you're doing well, it helps us, right? The problem is when you fall into that vicious circle and you start to feed off the victimhood. And I, I've known people in my life, I'm, I'm still friends with some, where for them it's all about being the victim because they get their validation through that external source again. And they choose to do things. They, they, I can think of one who does not want to be a manager ever because he wants to live his life outside of work. So he's setting up his career as always being something other than what he loves. While he enjoys certain aspects of his work, he doesn't he, he, doesn't, he doesn't want to his be validation. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Instead, he does things that cost money. And so he uses his lack of uh, income as a way to get that sympathy. And it really after a while, you start to realize, buddy, it's you're irritating. Yeah, you're you're doing this to yourself. Why should I feel sympathetic towards you when you keep making these decisions? The person I'm thinking of when I have that conversation with him, he's usually, okay, yeah, you're right. Because he he is self-aware on a certain level. Well, you know, Scott, if it was a perfect world, then I would have a perfect job. If I had a CPA, then I could be a consultant for a big accounting firm. Yeah. Well, when we start imposing these conditions on ourselves, because that's a choice as well, yeah. that's a decision. When we start putting conditions on Yes, we can or no, we can't because of some condition that may be valid or invalid. It's still a condition. Then we get what we expect, I guess, in that way. Yeah. That we're seeking validation externally that what I said was true. What's the, the term for that? Uh, self-fulfilling prophecy, right? We, we can absolutely do that. The one thing, though, that you mentioned that makes the difference is the self-awareness piece. 
when I talk to people about their job search or uh, about career in general, uh, or even something within the, the aspects of the job that they're doing and they want some coaching on it, I really, I come back to the idea of talk to people who will hold the mirror up to you. Talk to people who will be honest with you about your behaviors yeah. and be open to what they're saying. And there are times when I've known people who they just can't get out of that circumstance. They can't get up and out. I have recommended that they see a professional, some, you know, a social worker friend, if they want to keep it, something. if you want to keep it informal, but get a therapist. Therapy can help you if you're looking for an answer. It will not help you if all you're looking for is validation. It, maybe it would help you. I can't say it won't necessarily. Everybody's different. But those that I have been friends with that just keep going to therapy, if they're not looking for the breakthrough within themselves, they don't find it. If they are truly looking at what is happening inside of them, they are more likely to be able to make the change, even if somebody else is telling them what they observe. But they're just talking about what they observe. They're not saying this is what you should do. At some point, it's much like the 12 step, right? You need to first admit you have a problem and then that opens the gateway to all the other steps. Yeah. Until you admit that you need help or that you have an issue or that you're mildly, even mildly depressed. Right. Because of your circumstance or your victim status, then all the help in the world isn't going to help you. I would recommend if you're in a job right now, most companies have an EAP program where you can get access to therapy and it doesn't cost you anything. It comes back to that idea. Have somebody else looking at it and just telling you what they observe of you, not what is your answer. Too often we talk to, certainly in the, the, the work that we do with job seekers, we periodically, but fairly regularly, have people asking us, well, what should I do? And that is an an a question we cannot answer. We could try, but... It, well, we can give suggestions. Right. All we can do, we though... We can just ask to, questions back. To say what works for us, but that, yeah, to your point. It's they have to live with that questions. decision. I don't yeah. want to live with that decision, much like the relationship you talked about earlier. Yeah. You paid for that decision. Yeah. You have to be able to do this part on your own, mainly because nobody else can do it for you. But if you're not getting where you need to go, get help. Get the kind of help you actually need. If you're on the job and maybe you're looking for something better... Let's kind of take it from that perspective. Okay. Here I'm on the job. I'm using my skills to pay the bills and I need to make a change. I know I need to make a change, but ah, I just, I don't know. Where do I start? Well, it starts with an idea. An idea, it could be something you actually want to do. It could be that I just, I'm not happy with what's going on now and I want to open my mind, whatever that is. Starting with the idea, if you can then think, not in concrete terms, what are the things that I actually enjoy about this? What what are the things that drive me? You can start setting the table a little differently. And you can write this down and reflect on it. Yeah. There's something weird about writing things down on paper, like old school, analog, if you will. There's a kinesthetic connection between right. you and the paper and the idea. Uh, I would highly recommend keeping a journal if you feel that, hey, I have this idea, but I don't know what to do with it. Start writing about it. Every time you get a thought, write it down. Capture that information because what will happen is that one idea will lead to a next step. And that next step might be pivotal in you going from the job that you're eh, kind of interested in 
to the one you absolutely love. If you keep doing this, you may find connections to the job that you're about right now to the job you actually want to do. The internal barriers are the things that keep us back far more than the external barriers. Mm. Because when you think about once an external barrier is defined, you can start figuring out how do I go around it or over it or through it or under it, whatever. You can start making a plan for resolving that issue because it is an external barrier that you can know something about. It can be any kind of barrier. It's the internal barriers that hold us back the most. And I think about the change management uh, methodology that I've certified in. The idea is internal barriers are the hardest ones to overcome because we don't see all of the, the outside of it. We can't put it in a box. We can't define its measurements. We can't... We're not Nostradamus, yeah, right? It, we can't see the future. We can only deal with that that we perceive right now. And so talking to these the friends that are brutally honest, who can tell me exactly what they observe or give me ideas that I hadn't thought of and check me when I start to conditionalize it. Oh, well, that wouldn't work because. Oh, well, I couldn't do that because. When somebody says to me, why are you saying that? Or this is what I'm observing. Why are you shutting this down? Hmm, that's a different yeah. question. They can no longer use an excuse. And, you know, it reminds me of the gentleman that we were talking about before the podcast that had condition after condition after condition and excuse after excuse after right. excuse. And when we flat asked, what do you want to do? He didn't hear it. He didn't hear the question at all. So we almost had to say it again. We had to rephrase it a different way. We had to approach him because these internal barriers were so strong that it was hard to get through. Well, and I don't think anyone had really seriously asked him what he wanted to do. I don't know that he was equipped yet to answer that question. I remember the first time I was asked in my career. I was a junior salesperson at a hotel and we had the executives from the management company touring all of the properties in our region. And when the senior vice president of sales, top person, asked me, what do you want to do? I couldn't answer the question because I'd never been asked. I'd never put that thought before. Other than, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an actor. That question I can answer. But what do you want to do in your career now? Well, I hadn't given it any thought, so I couldn't answer the question. Here's the issue. I couldn't move forward in my career until I knew what I wanted. Making a decision for what you want is clarity in action almost. Yeah. And once you decide what you want, it's it's like a spark. And the spark can then turn into a flame and the flame can right. light a whole forest it, on it, fire. It, it gives you the light you need to move forward, to hold up that torch and take that next step. Don't let your conditions, your internal barriers get in the way right. of you being satisfied in the role that you're seeking. Ultimately, I, we mentioned this in a prior podcast, but I think about the, the quote. There are two quotes on different sides, and depending on where you are, you can use either one. The first one, when in doubt, do nothing. Mm. The clarity will come. But then there's also, I believe it was Patton. I can't yeah. remember which World War II do general. Something. When in doubt, do something. Either side. And it really depends on what, what your style is. Are you the 
action type or are you the thinker? Whatever that is, consider what is actually going to drive you because you are the one making the decisions about your career. If you abdicate that responsibility, you either take what comes to you or you can be like my friend who complains about everything. Not fun. Everybody has their cross to bear, I suppose. Yeah. And making these career to- choices, these decisions are up to you. It's not up to somebody else or the company or the economy or something external that you can't control. It's all inside. And you need to be the promoter, the advocate, the agent of your own career satisfaction. And you need to defend that. I think about our friend Cleon and his the way he opens up his job finders group each week, uh, telling the participants, you already have all the answers within you. This is true. You have all of the answers within you. Which questions are you going to ask and how are you going to answer them? Is that the parting quote today? Sure. We'll leave it with that. Which questions, uh, what is it? What questions are you going to ask yourself and how are you going to answer them? Well, that's great. Thank you for joining us today on Job Seekers Radio. You can get all the show notes and resources at jobseekersradio.com forward slash zero four three. By the way, We have a free resource on that website. There's a pop-up that'll come up when you go there to get the episodes and subscribe. Uh, It's called The The Anatomy of a Networking Conversation. It's an ebook that Scott and I put together. It's a free gift from us to you. We just appreciate your time and energy and attention to this session, and we want you to pass it on. Pass it on. The wider the audience the more people we can impact with this message. Thank you for joining us and head over to iTunes and subscribe to future episodes. You'll also be able to get a view towards the the ones from the past. We want you to go in, if you can take one more minute, get in there and provide us a rate and review. We'd like to be able to take your comments and questions and include them in future episodes. Because we are listening. We want to incorporate your feedback into future episodes so that we can make this a more beneficial experience for you. Well, I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. We'll see you next time. Thanks all.